0: Welcome back to Behind the Well Show. Elias, thanks for checking in again. Looks like you have your uh, 4th of July plaid shirt on. Is that new?
1: This one, no. This one's an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, But yeah, Independence Day is coming up, and uh, I'm a patriotic American, so I like to wear red, white, and blue around Independence Day. Actually, uh, my daughter drew me a picture to get ready for the holiday this last weekend, and... It was a picture of me, and then there's a flag, and then my grill, and then this really big cheeseburger sitting on the grill. So it was. Uh, that's one of my new prized possessions.
0: Well, I know you're a big rib fan. You've been doing a bunch of barbecue, but that's your right. Daughter, did she eat the the ribs, or is it just yeah, she wants the burger?
1: Yep, both my kids. They'll eat pork ribs, um, but it's chicken to them. This is good chicken, Daddy. <laughs> uh, well, you know what?
0: Everything tastes like chicken, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny we brought up Fourth of July because I was thinking about this. And every major holiday, a couple things happen. We're all watching the weather. We're all concerned about what the weather is going to be, how it's going to turn out. Are we going to have a good week and a bad week? And it seems like, at least here in Iowa or the Midwest, like Memorial Day's a toss-up as to what's going to happen. Half the time, it's nice. Half the time, it's It's not, but typically 4th of July is like sunny skies. Mm -hmm. Well, I got a couple stories about why weatherman predictions just suck. I'm just going to be, they suck.
1: We all know that.
0: Yeah, but I got a couple couple things. We just got back from New Orleans, my wife and I. And on our way back, there was a, I mean, before we left, my wife's like, there's a tropical depression in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm like, so? It's like miles away. She's like, it's going to hit there. So before I left for this trip, the my trop- wife, what was it? A trop- tropical depression. That's what thats what it started out. Yep. Tropical depression, which is like 30 mile an hour winds. I'm like, yeah, that's like average spring in Iowa it blows 30 and rain and maybe a tornado. Anyway, before we go on the trip, she's already ready to like not go. When I, you remember, I came in. I'm like, hey, you might be going with me to New Orleans because Megan might not want to go. Yep. So now we're watching the weather the whole time. I mean, she's dialed in. All she's on is weather.com. It's going to storm on Saturday. There's going to be a tropical storm here Saturday. And true, there was a prediction for a tropical storm. In fact, it became a named storm called Claudia. So it's Wednesday. Megan's like, "I'm switching Wednesday Thursday it's Thursday." She's like, "I'm going to try to switch my flights to this afternoon." Okay. Whatever. And she didn't do it. So then she's like, "I think we should fly out tomorrow." I'm like, "Well, Fridays when it's supposed to come like you're just going to like switch your flight. They're going to delay it back to like the time you're supposed to leave on Saturday anyway, because I'm like, whatever it is, what it is. We'll deal with it. Some rain. It's some wind. Her all her next thing she says is, well, you know, if it rains and our flights get canceled, we're going to get a rental car. And I hope she's not listening to this. I didn't break her the news. That the reason they cancel the flight is because of massive <laughs> flooding, and rental cars would be off the table, and there'd be no place to go. Take yeah. you forever to get out of New You're Orleans. Not be able to drive. Yeah, I was kind of joking with this about my client. I'm like, my wife thinks we're gonna get a rental car, and they just laughed. I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna happen.
1: Yeah, no way.
0: <laughs> and I never broke her the news. I just let her go on with the trade. But long story short, so it's predicted 100% chance of rain, thunderstorms, wind 30 mile an hour. You know, tropical storm. It didn't rain. The entire time when we left,
1: if I left that. at
0: eight o'clock. It's why the weatherman sucks. And what this actually
1: reminded right. you know me what of, this you know what it reminds me of weather predictions it reminds me of financial predictions.
0: Yeah, and nobody holds against him for being wrong. There's no accountability. The weatherman get in trouble, but boy, lots of people listened. So back, I don't know what year this 2010. I'm looking at it here. Must have been in the 2008, 2009, 2010. There is a show on HBO called Curb Your, Enthu- Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. Larry David background is the creator of uh, Seinfeld. And Larry in Curb Your Enthusiasm if you're not familiar, he always seems to just get himself in trouble with his antics. He's excitable. He's probably like me. He's like excitable, does some crazy stuff and there's yeah. there's there's a show in here. There's a skit it's called Larry David versus the weatherman. (laughs) And we're going to play it because I think it's so reminiscent of, you know, weatherman and financial predictions because we want to make this a financial show. And there's weathermen in the financial services. They are predicting things. There's no accountability. Most of the time they're wrong. And guess what? If they're right, one out of 10 times, everybody thinks they're a hero because they saved the weekend. Yeah. Right. Oh, wait, you told me it was going to storm. I didn't go out. I'm good. What about the other time you told me a 70% chance of rain it was sunny skies all day long? Most of the time, they're wrong. It's the only place you can be right like 10 or 20% of the time and keep your job. Other than Major League Baseball today, you can hit 220 now and keep your job. Go figure. So I just feel like those financial predictions are just like that skit where Larry David calls out the weatherman for predicting rain because guess what? His agenda was to get on the golf course. So... (laughs) You my agenda is like I need to get paid, I better write a book about doom and gloom because that sells. What's really funny, though, and it's not shown in the skit, the next day the weatherman predicts rain again. So Larry is convinced the weatherman's lying. So he goes out, and it is torrential downpours all day. But he's, he's playing 18 holes. I mean, it's coming down. And he plays all 18 <laughs> holes in the rain by himself. And it just goes to show that predictions in general, we just try to eliminate those from all of our financial dealings.
1: Yeah. Do you think we could get Harry Dent or like Jeremy Grantham or someone like that to do a skit with us on the golf course like that? Like, wouldn't that be funny (laughs) if Harry Dent would agree to do a skit where we're, we're like, you're doing more damage to people's financial situation than good by making these predictions. They are. If you think about it,
0: think about when the weather comes on your screen on TV at home, it never says 60% chance of sun. 40% 40% chance of rain. Why are we showing the least likely outcome? I mean, let's think about, it. oh, 40% chance of rain. Well, what happened to that 60% chance of sun? That yeah. It's just trying to flip the narrative. And I wouldn't call it Jeremy Grant as much as Harry Dent because well, this right. is this is his stick right here. It's going to rain. And if it doesn't, well, I'll just say it's going to rain another day. And eventually, he'll be right. Yeah, Eventually, it's going to rain. Just don't know when. So... I just got thinking about that because we just got back from New Orleans and the weatherman. I'm like, this is just like financial predictions. The weatherman sucks just like financial predictors suck. And I know yeah. I probably shouldn't talk that way, but it's just how I feel.
1: Yeah. Well, and really, the, you could almost say financial predictors, they're like weathermen.
0: We're going to start calling them financial weathermen. Yeah. Because they're not accurate. And people, when they hear the word weatherman, I don't think anybody thinks the weatherman's accurate they know they bat 200
1: yeah I wonder who it'd be interesting maybe we maybe we should do some research to see like on like on an average basis who's right more often the weatherman or some of the most famous financial predictors that are the the weatherman
0: because it just rains more often
1: right that's what I that was my immediate instinct was well the weatherman's Probably right more times than a guy like Harry Dent who's constantly predicting market collapses. Well, he, he,
0: I mean, the problem is, though, they never fire a weatherman.
1: They don't well, fire no, him. The you all the time. Just it's like hard to predict the weather.
0: Harry Dent's not going to get fired because, number one, he works for himself. But, number two, he can be right once every 20 or 30 years and people think he's an oracle. And he's just not. Like yeah. you said, he causes more harm to people's financial picture than good. But He does sell a lot of himself. books. He sells a lot of books. That's good for Good for hearing and this is good entertainment. Um, I was watching, I guess some of the news happening. Um, there's this thing called the great resignation. You heard about this? Yeah,
1: I was really fascinated by this. Yeah.
0: First time I heard about, it, I was watching a Dave Ramsey um, little, you know, Dave Ramsey has his little clips online and because I'm searching financial stuff, he comes up and he started talking about this. What's your, your take of this? And what it's really saying is there's about 40% of the workers are considering quitting or switching jobs within the next 24 months?
1: Yeah, so my take, I thought this is almost what it's in economics called what unintended consequence, right? So this to me is like, this is a positive thing of COVID. Now, I'm not saying it's positive a lot of people want to quit their job, but it's the reasons behind that. And a lot of the talking points in the articles I was reading was, so people have had more time in the last year to reflect on things like their work-life balance, the things that they want to do with their life, and there was one example: a guy who he was like an engineer or something, and he quit his job to go um, like work at a national park purely because he wanted to be outside more. And you know, in us, we talk a lot about like lifestyle and trying to have the right, have, just have the lifestyle you want. Um, so I think that's a really positive thing that people are assessing. And I think the other thing we've seen is people are really thinking about the time and especially time with their loved ones. So I think just the work life balance coming into focus and then and I also think it's a positive thing that people people that are pulling the trigger to do this, they're not scared to try something new and maybe get out of their comfort zone because they think that they will enjoy their life more where it's so easy to get trapped kind of in like the mundane routine of your day-to-day life and your career where you're just almost on autopilot a lot of times. Um, So I I thought this was really fascinating. Uh, Hopefully, you know, hopefully a lot of people don't quit their job and then like we just have this big shortage of workers that we need or something crazy like that. But if people are going to pursue goals that they feel will make their life more meaningful or they'll have a more enjoyable life, I think that's a great thing.
0: It makes me just think of the consequences and what's happening. And I'm not seeing anything, any of these are bad. And I try to wonder how it can happen. I think a couple things have happened here. One, people have decided because they were forced during the pandemic that they just didn't really like what they were doing. Right. They're like, I'm doing something I don't like. They saw loved ones or people, you know, that they knew that were maybe taken away from them too early. And people are trying to just live life a little more, which. We've talked about for a long time, like, enjoy this money while you have it. Once you retire, how many good years do you have left? I mean, 10, 15. I mean, at some point, the body breaks down, the mind breaks down, and we're just not able to enjoy our life. So enjoy it with your loved ones when you can. But number two, my next question is, and I don't know the answer to this, there is a, a transfer of wealth that's going to happen in this country over, well, it's happening now, but yeah. over the next 10 to 15 years of the baby boomers transferring this wealth to kids. And is this a situation where there's a lot of people now that can afford to go do what they want to do because they've got an inheritance? They've had this influx of money so they can leave their engineering job and go be a park ranger. I think we should research that because that would be a good way to kind of identify what's really going on. I mean, 40%, that means half the people are switching jobs. It means Molly is switching jobs, which she better not.
1: No, she's not going anywhere. She's right over there.
0: I don't know. She got red in the face. Um, But 40% of the people, and other things, is it wage growth? Is it, hey, I'm tired. of. I can just not work my $9 job. We've already seen the wage growth, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, $15 minimum wage is what's been talked about. I don't know if that's passed. But People are having to pay workers a lot of money. If you go to a restaurant and my New Orleans trip, the restaurant we went to, I talked about this in, a, in another show, our favorite restaurant. My wife walked out and she's like, yeah, it's okay. And it was one of the more expensive restaurants in New Orleans. She's like, the service was okay. Usually you have three people waiting on you. You had one, it was okay. And yeah, I said, they, well.
1: They might be a little bit understaffed right now.
0: For sure. And yeah. I talked to a friend of mine who lives, we like, oh yeah, their chef left.
1: Oh, well, that's, that's why it's that's different. Huge, so yeah, you start huge. to add
0: all those things up, and that's what's happening in our economy today. The COVID has changed things so much that you can't find workers. I have a friend of mine who who um, is a food distributor. He's posting jobs for local places that need workers. He's like, man, take it easy. They can't get anybody to come work these jobs and we're starting to see that in the prices that we pay for things, Mm -hmm. you know, well, you know, if the restaurant might have to charge 14 bucks for a cheeseburger, if you want to have good service. And I think people should be expecting that goods are going to become more expensive with wage growth and some of the inflation that we've been seeing um, in the overall market. But I think part of the switching career thing too is, Hey, maybe I can get paid more money. Maybe I've just been stuck in my job for so long that I didn't want to move. But now it's like, yeah, things change. I'm going to move. Additionally, with wage growth, what happens? People get recruited, right? Man, you're working for $10 here. We'll pay you 18 here. You're working for $30 an hour here. We'll pay you 50. So that's could be another, you know, shift that's happening. People are realizing there's jobs paying a lot more money than they're currently making.
1: Yeah. Or, and companies might start offering more flexibility too. I know I have a few friends that work for a big insurance company in town and kind of they've almost adapted to where they had everyone working at home and now they're going to offer more flexible options. I, from what I've gathered, it sounds like at some level they want you to come in the office a couple days a week, um, but there's going to be more autonomy and you can have three days a week where you can come in, work from home. Um, and so maybe if, if those things become super important for employees that well, yeah, I like the salary, but I also want these other things. It might force the hand of some companies, too, to maybe offer more flexible schedules or, you know, like you were just saying, better pay. Um, But, I mean, yeah, anyone in general, anyone who wants to pursue what they really want in life, I'm all for it. I'm I'm a supporter of that.
0: Me, too, and I think you hit a good point. I think with people staying home, some of this transition could just be people saying, look, I just don't want to go to the office every day. And if their employer's requiring that they come back, they might be, no way. There's a flip side of that. There are a certain amount of people who want to come back to the office. So if the employer says, hey, we're not going to have an office anymore, they could be looking for work because they want the camaraderie. They want to be around people. I know you and I, we've been coming to the office for about every day since this happened Mm -hmm. because I like the camaraderie. I like to be around people. I prefer to not work at home. I just don't get much done. Right. Just different personalities. So I think yep. that's really cool. But one thing I thought we'd do before people decide to join the great resignation and quit your job, here's some of the stuff you need to do. Because it may just be tempting to say, yep, I quit. That's kind of the immature way to do it. You yeah. should have kind of a plan. I,
1: I, got, a, I got an easy one for people. Have so if you end up wanting to quit your job and you got an old 401k, perfect time to schedule a meeting with a financial advisor, and put together a financial plan. Because what you can do is, that old 401k could go to a self-directed IRA. So that might be the perfect opportunity to schedule a meeting with us, schedule a meeting with someone else that you know. But it, it could provide an opportunity to put together a plan and, and hire a professional.
0: Well, there's another benefit to that. We had this call from a friend of mine. She's not a client, she's just a friend. Mm-hmm. I've been watching her videos. I couldn't find this anywhere. I need help deciding what job to take. She's switching careers. She had two job offers, A and B. They both had different benefits. One had some restricted stock units. The other had had restricted stock units. If I remember, one was like a privately held company she was going to get stock in. Mm -hmm. So one was a little less known. The other was already publicly traded. I knew who the company was and we started talking about this. And this is like a 35 minute phone call. And the money's about the same. And it all came down to benefits. So we were able to talk her through what they were. But I kind of counseled her and said, what job's going to make you happy? So I said. I said, this really is not a money decision. I want you to understand the benefits that you have. One benefit package is riskier because if this company doesn't become a publicly traded company, you know maybe there's some blue sky built in there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But ultimately, it was a decision of, hey, what do you want to do? Where do you want to live? One was in Chicago. One was in Cedar Rapids. So she had to make a choice as to, yeah, hey. And that's
1: vastly different for a uh, living experience as far as what community right. you I live I said, in. where
0: do you want to live? Do you want to live here? Do you want to live in Chicago? And I, you know, I should follow up because I don't know what she picked. I don't know kind of where that went. But that's a benefit of consulting somebody is you may not understand the benefits of where you're going or the job you're going to take. We can help you quantify those benefits. Just go to btwellshow.com. I actually appreciate you saying that. Um, but one of the the major things I think people need to understand if they quit a job is, you know, spending matters. A lot of people are quitting jobs potentially for lower pay. And it's great in the theory to think that I can live on less, but what you spend really matters. And we're not huge budget people, but we need to get a handle on how much do we need each month to make our household run.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't operate on negative cash flow for super extended periods of time. That's just, that's your take at that point, then you're just racking up debt, typically credit card debt. Um, and I don't so think- Yeah, it has to be able to
0: work. I don't think negative cash flow is the issue. I think the issue is people are gonna look back over the last 12 months and been like, oh, I spent X amount of dollars. But if they look back to 2019, that spending number could be 20 or 30% higher because remember last year, yeah, you couldn't not, do anything. Yeah. So one thing I don't want people to do is look back at their 2020 spending because a lot of people keep like quick in or use some kind of tracker and like, Oh man, I only spent $4,000 a month and I was making a hundred. Yeah. I could take the job that pays 70 grand and make it work. And then you get the job. you are like, wait a minute, I can't take a vacation. And they look back to 2019. They're like, Oh, I spent 6000 a month. So I think last year can give people a very, very skewed sense yeah. of what they're really spending. And it's you know easy. what? I think we saw that. Maybe that's some of the, maybe, and I don't know. We'll find out in the next probably three to five years when we start to see what people's savings rates are, what the debt is of individuals. But home prices, off the roof, out of the roof, vacation homes, boats, car, all the stuff people snatched up. Well, it's because they cut out all this spending, like what are we going to do with all this extra money? Like, oh yeah, I can afford the new house or I can afford the boat or I can afford the ATV or whatever like toy it was because they weren't spending 50, 60, they weren't nickel and dime in their account, 50 and 60 and $70 dinners at a time. Because you go out to eat four times a week, 60 bucks, 250, it's $1,000 a month and all of a sudden it's in their bank account. And I think that's happened. So the first thing I want people, if you're going to join the great resignation, don't pay attention to what you spent last year. You better look back to 2019 and 2018 or look at what your bills are and put in a nice like buffer of entertainment yeah. because at the end of the day, p- people, and you're seeing it, You know every restaurant in New Orleans, I used most of these places. And the nice places I'd have to have reservations like well in advance, ah, usually I can call the day before and get a reservation. Nah, the only reservations I could get were 9.30 and 9 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, yeah, book them way out. Usually, I just walk in, you know. Mm-hmm. So, people are going out more. So, I think we're going to see an upward trend in spend on just discretionary consumer entertainment in general. People are just trying to get out.
1: Yeah. I can already tell you for a fact the spending is back to 2019 levels at my house.
0: We went to lunch yesterday. So my
1: personal experience is we're, we're back, you know, since the vaccines rolled out and um, everything's opened back up. Just this last, um, I've already been to three weddings since um, probably March, I think. Yeah, I've already been to three weddings this year, and I didn't go to any. And anyone who's ever been to a wedding, you might get a, a free plate of food and you might get some free drinks, but in general, going to a wedding is not free. You have typically transportation costs, hotel costs, and you have to get some sort of gift. I suppose you don't have to, but typically you do. So
0: Don't be that guy.
1: I give gifts. I, you have to give gifts. Yeah, you have to. I mean, to. that's why you got
0: invited. Let's be honest.
1: You have to. But just just when you look at, like, I can just look at 2020 and go, well, not going to any weddings for a year saves our family a lot of money. Okay, so I now think we're about, going to our third this weekend.
0: This reminds me of graduation parties because they're back. There weren't,
1: like, any graduation parties. That's a, I've been to two of those, too. Okay,
0: so I went I went to one last year, super spreader for sure. I mean, like 200 <laughs> people. It was supposed be outside. It was in a shed. Um. Anyway... Have you seen the you know the You Betcha guy is? Yes. Have you seen the You Betcha guy's video? His skit his skit,
1: on, on on the oh. His skit happened to me because my wife got invited to a graduation, <laughs> someone I have no idea. And I had just watched that skit. So I just
0: get a kick out of that, because we bought him going to you know, spending, going to grad parties, weddings. I wonder if he has a wedding one. We're going to try to find a wedding one for later. But um, no, I'm sure he does. The second thing people should be really focused on if they're going to make this transition, especially if you don't have a giant job lined up, which we really think you should have a job lined up before you quit your current job. Yes. We want, and here's, we want to have a good emergency fund. Make sure we have a good emergency fund because you may go do the job and hate it, might get fired. Who knows? So we want to make
1: sure we have a really
0: good emergency fund.
1: Um, Yeah, to me, emergency funds, not fun to talk about, but one of the most probably, that's like an underrated aspect of your financial plan. You have to have cash available for when emergencies happen. Well, and here's the other thing.
0: If you've quit a job, you no longer have your 401k to go take a loan from either.
1: After you quit,
0: yeah. After you quit, so right. if, if you're in between jobs, you know, for a lot of people, that 401k is kind of like, well, you know, if I really had to, I could go rate it. Well, not if you quit. Now you're just taking a distribution. So a real emergency fund, not a pretend, because people, oh yeah, I could go to my 401k if I had an emergency. Well, yeah, but not yes. if you're emplo- Not if you're not employed. So real that one doesn't cash count. in the bank. Yes, healthcare cost. Healthcare varies so much between employers. We were talking to someone the other day, they don't have small number of employees, don't provide health care. You probably want to know what the health care cost is from the employer before you switch. Um, make sure you can afford that health care. Make sure it has the right coverage for your family. You know, if you're a family with young kids, it may be important to have low deductibles, doctor visits, all that stuff. An employer might offer a higher deductible plan or an HSA, and you might not be down with that strictly because you know you're going to use a lot of this this insurance. Um, I don't want people to forget about their 401k. A lot of people forget, oh man, I have a 401k. Um, you don't have to do anything immediately, but typically you probably want to figure out how you can better control that. Whether it's, you know, taking it to your own self-directed IRA, um, whatever it could be. Um, but just make sure you have a plan for that 401k. Some employers may make you move it if you have a small balance. I've seen this before. Hey, you got 6000 bucks. We really need you to move this in X amount of days. Um, one thing you can do too, and people don't even think about this, you don't have to make equal contributions to your 401k. So let's say you're going to leave a job that doesn't have a 401k. You can try and max out 401k out before you quit your current job. Which,
1: okay, if you're at a job that has one, try and max it out for the year before you leave to a job that doesn't have one. You got it.
0: Or if you're going to go be self-employed or whatever it is, it might be easier to say, hey, let's try to max this thing out, do the catch-up, get it all done before I actually leave this job. Um, That way, your retirement isn't really falling behind just because benefits weren't offered. It's like self-employed people. We see this all the time. People who own a business. They look at their business as retirement, like, oh, well, this will be my retirement. They don't prepare well, typically for retirement when you own a business. Well, this is no different. Make sure we're preparing for retirement and not letting our circumstances, you know, dictate what happens to us financially.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's the, all the stuff we talk about all the time, being prepared, thinking through the situation, having a plan. It's
0: And this leads to the next one, which is total up all the perks. So... We're actually working with an individual now. She has three job offers, one all herself, one through a fully employed place, and one kind of a hybrid. Mm -hmm. And she's doing the smart thing. She came in for a private meeting and said, hey, i got to figure this out. So we're adding up the perks and the benefits and all these different scenarios to try to figure out which one works for their situation. The good news is husband has a good job. She doesn't really need the money. And it came back to, again,
1: Which one do you you want want to do? Because when we
0: actually, I mean, we spent a couple hours doing it, everything kind of mapped out to be about the same, right? Right. I mean, yeah, it could be a little bit here or there. One had more help, but they kept more of your revenue. Well, yeah, if you have staff and stuff that you'd have to hire, you have to quantify that. But she's new, she didn't have to hire anybody yet. So there's trade-offs. But what I'm telling people is add up what they're giving you. Maybe you're getting stock options. Maybe you're getting health insurance or life insurance or what the benefits are. It's not always just about the salary. The company I work with in Louisiana, they have the most generous benefits package of anybody I know. They do profit sharing. They do a great 401k match. So people there, it's about the benefits. Yeah. Some people, it's about the money. Some people, it's about the benefits. And don't forget that you can always negotiate. You know, if you find a job or you've been recruited and they tell you, you have to go to the office, well, maybe in today's environment, you have the ability to negotiate a little bit Um Oh, yeah, certainly if you
1: want to, I feel like now if you're someone who desires more flexibility, like that iron's really hot right now, you can probably negotiate that in a new job.
0: And I view a job switch really similar to what we do with financial planning. Create some type of a plan. There's no reason to like willy-nilly this and, you know, just kind of do it off the cuff. Like have a plan put in place for the transition. Like, oh, I'm going to start this date. I'm going to need to do this, 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 and this and plan it out. It's only going to take a few hours. It's not going to take months of time, but have a plan just like you would have a plan for your future financial
1: stuff. That that would probably be the way to do it.
0: And there's financial advisors. We help our clients quantify these decisions. So if someone's looking for help to quantify and say, how does this work? I don't understand this benefit. Is you know this benefit package better than this? And here's the pay. We're happy to help you. Go to btwellshow.com. We'll speak with Elias, Rye, or, or one of our other advisors. We'll be happy to kind of help you quantify this decision if it's something that you need help with.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what do you <laughs> consider that. That's almost like uh, just a perk of working with us. Like yeah, the that's meeting, a value add. We're not going to charge you Yeah, anything. value add. I mean,
0: you know, we're under the impression that if we do good things for people, good things will happen to us. And I've done that for my career, and it, it's what happens. We're not going to sit here and nickel and dime somebody for a phone consultation talking about, you know, something that doesn't take right. long. If it leads into five hours of time, that's totally different, right? Um, <laughs> well, but but we, we tell somebody, but you just got a quick out. question, give us a call, btwellshow.com. Um, we had actually a lot more stuff to cover. We didn't get to it because I, I think we kind of had a little bit of fun with this show. So um, with that that's said, okay. I, I look forward to doing this next week, Elias. And um, if anybody has any questions, go to btwellshow.com. Thanks